Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Thursday, February 29th, 527 a.m. Central Time. Grain markets are mixed this morning. May corn futures down three quarters of a cent at 427 and three quarters. May soybeans down eight and a half at 1136 and three quarters. May Chicago wheat up one at 575 and three quarters. May Kansas City wheat up one at 582. May spring wheat up one and a half at 657 and a half. We've got a whole bunch of SAF news to start the day today. Southwest Airlines and Lanzajet are teaming up to produce ethanol-based sustainable aviation fuel. The two companies are partnering to build a U.S. facility that will utilize ethanol to utilize ethanol in the production of SAF. The plant is expected to be built over the next three to four years. The estimated cost of the facility has not been disclosed, and the location has yet to be determined. Southwest is investing $30 million in the facility. Although the plant's production capacity has not been released, it's anticipated to be a large-scale facility. LanzaJet plans to produce 1 billion gallons of SAF annually by 2030. LanzaJet just last month in January, I believe, opened this uh, plant in Soperton, Georgia, which is being called the world's first sustainable jet fuel plant. Um, the CEO of Southwest says that we continue to march toward our goal of net zero by 2050. LanzaJet CEO said the goal, and this is an interesting quote, the goal is to use uh, U.S. ethanol, which is currently nearly all made from corn, as opposed to other types such as sugarcane-based ethanol out of Brazil and other regions. And I think there is some of that going on. Um, he also said, we are trying to send a clear signal to the market that there is a significant opportunity for U.S. ethanol. So this is a second plant. This is not like the same plant that opened in Georgia. They don't know where it's going to be. They're talking some big, big, big numbers here. We're looking for some updated guidance from the government, I believe, as early as, as tomorrow, March 1st, maybe some new uh, news on the GREET model. This was a chart that Bloomberg had this morning, jet fuel production capacity and Biden's targets. So yeah, by just next year, by 2025, uh, they're shooting for a much, much bigger number. There are some holdups, as I understand it, when it comes to, to policy and the way emissions are treated, the way land use is treated when it comes to carbon credits. We're going to talk about that this morning. Pete Meyer is our newest uh, contributor as far as our premium content is concerned. And uh, Pete is excellent. He's been doing uh, tons of work with renewables and biofuels and this whole push towards sustainable aviation fuel. I'm going to tape with Pete uh, right after we get done with the podcast here early this morning. And we're going to have a video regarding uh, this news this morning and uh, a few other things. So if you guys are a premium, so look for that video later today. An Australian airport investor plans to invest in SAF. IFM Investors, which owns interests in airports from London to Sydney, intends to boost SAF production in Australia by investing more than $651 million. By 2030, the company wants to increase the percentage of Australia's total jet fuel use that burns SAF to 10%. In doing so, the firm's investment could rise to $1.3 billion. The Australian government has reported that there's enough domestic feedstock to produce 3.7 billion gallons of SAF by 2050. According to the International Air Transport Association, to achieve net zero emissions by 2050, airlines around the world will require about 119 billion gallons of SAF. 
this is probably not going to be a corn deal. They're going to use other feedstocks that they have domestically. This is a big company. This IFM is like a fund or asset manager. They've got $216 billion uh, under management. They they handle money from pension funds, sovereign wealth, university endowments, uh, that sort of thing. So they're talking big money, $650 million. Um, they say this, from an environmental perspective, it makes sense to emit more emissions, exporting sustainable fuel feedstock from Australia to be refined overseas. They said they really want to go big with this. Australian government scientists estimate there's enough domestic feedstock, including sugarcane, sawmill residues, and used cooking oil to make almost 5 billion liters of SAF in 2025 and uh, maybe 14 billion by 2050. So this is not going to be a corn thing, but still a push towards this whole uh, clean jet fuel thing, which which should be a positive for uh, corn and corn growers in the United States, ultimately. So if you guys have not checked out our premium content, you need to do so. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to chat with Matt Bennett about March basis contracts, how the weather is going to impact uh, the markets, how this warm winter is going to impact the markets, um, what farmer income looks like uh, headed into this coming year, and then also what he's hearing from farmers uh, as he's out and about at all the meetings that he's speaking at. I think Matt's a commodity classic today, so go say hi to him um, yes. if you're there. If you guys want to see the premium stuff, uh, go to standardgrain.com. You can sign up this morning. If you sign up this morning, I will send you over a copy of this morning's email, which includes the six most recent premium videos. You want to be on this email list. Uh, tons of info from us every single business day. Our morning email goes out at 5 a.m. Central Time. It includes the six most recent premium videos. This is a $50 per month subscription. You can cancel at any time. No other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else. This is the best way to support what we're doing here, guys. We have no sponsors. We have no corporate backing. This is all independent. The premium subs float the boat for us. And at the very least, and I never ask, if you guys aren't subscribed on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Uh, that will help us out a little bit. U.S. ethanol production declined last week. Weekly output of 1.08 million barrels was down marginally on the week, but up 4.8% uh, versus the same week last year. Ethanol stocks were pegged at 26.02 million barrels. The print was up 2% compared to the previous week and up 1.7% compared to the same week last year. Implied gasoline demand was up 3.3% compared to the previous week, but down 5% versus the same week last year. On average, over the last four weeks, implied U.S. gasoline demand is down 1.4% versus the same period last year. That's a very good print as it relates to ethanol production, very strong. Ethanol stocks are high, and, and they're high even seasonally. But what typically happens is at, stocks will rise from now through like maybe April or May, and then they'll draw down during the summer. Ethanol margins are positive uh, pretty much across the board. That spike lower that we saw in January where there was some winter weather and there was a spike in cash natural gas prices set us back a little bit. That being said, we are on track to meet or possibly exceed USDA's target when it comes to corn demand via ethanol. One of the uh, issues and the reasons that the margins aren't better is because the price of ethanol itself has come down drastically. Uh, Platt's ethanol futures at a dollar fifty per gallon this week. Uh, they were, you know, in 2021 peaked well above three dollars and spent a lot of time in that uh, two to two and a half neighborhood. So ethanol's gotten a lot cheaper, which has hurt margins a little bit. But we've also got really cheap corn, of course. Estimate 
estimates for Brazil's soybean crop continue to be reduced. For the second time this month, the Brazilian Association of Vegetable Oil Industries has lowered its estimate for Brazil's soybean crop. The association is projecting the crop at 153.8 million tons, down from its previous forecast of 156.1 million tons. Back in 2023, Brazil produced 159 million tons of soybeans. The reduction is due to adverse growing conditions. Hot and dry weather has impacted the crop in northern Brazil. Down in southern Brazil, they received excessive rains earlier in the season, which resulted in planting delays. Same story, different day. So somebody's cutting their Brazilian production estimate. Does the soybean market care? Absolutely not. May soybean futures are like three cents away from posting some fresh lows here this morning. Just to put this in perspective, here's soybean production, here's Brazil, and here's the United States. So take that Brazil number, which is at 156, drop it down to 153, even drop it down to 145. I don't care. It's it's still a monster crop, uh, especially when you compare it to the United States. Our soybean production is just flatlined, basically, whereas Brazil continues to just stair step higher. The market just isn't concerned. I don't know what the number would have to be for the market to become concerned. I think the most important thing to be aware of is that Brazilian soybeans on the export market are like a dollar and a half cheaper than what we can offer out of the U.S. And that's the big problem. And that's kind of uh, telling the tale here of what's going on. The state of New York is suing JBS South America on the grounds that the meatpacker provided false information on its environmental impact. According to the New York Attorney General, JBS, which is known to be the world's largest meatpacker, has failed to provide a strategy to meet its goal of net zero emissions by 2040. The lawsuit comes amid opposition to JBS's continued effort to list its shares on the New York Stock Exchange. JBS has been seeking a listing for more than a decade. According to JBS, the company is serious about its commitment, its commitment to a more sustainable uh, future for agriculture. However, the company numerous times has been numerous times has been tied to purchasing cattle uh, from illegally deforested operations in the Amazon. Okay, so I understand that um, there is not a ton of love for the meatpackers among uh, probably people watching and uh, Mackenzie in particular. But um, let me ask you this, though. So if if they're going to sue JBS over environmental issues, how long is it until they can start suing like just the, the average cattle producer or the average row crop farmer? I mean, this seems like a slippery slope to me, big picture. And that's that's a fair question, and I I totally understand where you're coming from with that situation. Also, I don't think this is that big of a deal. JBS has gotten in tons of trouble. They've paid out all kinds of settlements, and they go on just fine. It's it's just a yeah. bump in the road. The lawsuit it's, itself for JBS is not a big deal. It's just right. the uh, this yeah. this this climate thing. Like, let's go after a big company because they failed on some climate issue. That's mm -hmm. scary to me because it's it just it seems like a slippery slope type deal. I don't know. We've done those videos with Kip Tom about these European climate agendas that they're trying to push in the US. Like there's a lot of scary stuff kind of under the surface here. And it, it hasn't gotten that far yet. And I hope it never does. But I it it I don't it doesn't sit well with me. I don't know. Uh, so yesterday, congressional leaders agreed to a short-term spending deal that will avoid a partial government shutdown. The deal will fund some government agencies through March 8th and the rest until March 22nd. 
Uh, the deal will give lawmakers more time to develop a complete funding plan for the government. Ultra conservative Republicans condemned the deal while the White House backed the agreement. This will be the fourth time since the original deadline of September 30th that Congress has relied on temporary spending. We just continue to kick the can down the road. Excellent. Did you see uh, Mitch McConnell's going to step down from his Republican Senate leadership role? I did see that. That's uh, the most shocking news of the day that one of our geriatric uh, <laughs> uh, leaders is is going to actually give up some power for a change, which is probably something we could use some more of. Uh, what yes. did cattle do yesterday? Uh, they were lower. Live cattle futures closed an average of a buck thirteen lower. Feeder cattle closed an average of two eighty lower. Box beef continues to climb higher. Choice reached its highest level since November second yesterday, gaining a buck twenty nine to end the day at three oh three oh three. Select was up two fifty four to close at two ninety two ninety four. Outside markets, um, U.S. dollar is off just a little bit. Stocks are off just a little bit. Uh, bonds are off just a little bit. Crude oil is down 39 cents in the May WTI at 77.44. Uh, I'll give you a Bitcoin update. 63,000 this morning. Just keeps ripping. Absolutely incredible. All right. Have a great day, guys. Uh, we will talk to you on Friday.